Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Welcome to the Joshua Nation's Inheritance Podcast. I felt like the Lord put something very special on my heart, something that was a bit of a promise. And uh, that promise was something that I held on to for a long time. But then over time, I seemed to lose sight of that promise and ultimately forgot about it. In 1998, I was a senior in high school, graduating from Shady Grove Christian Academy in Grand Prairie, Texas. Growing up at Christ for the Nations Institute, the son of a professor and one of the administrative leaders for Christ for the Nations, I was exposed to about 80 different nations at any given time. However, over the course of my time, my childhood and formative years growing up there, There was a new batch of students and families and people that would come through about every year and a half. This meant that with every new batch of students, there was also a batch of students who were graduating and leaving and going somewhere else. There weren't too many people that I could consider lifelong friends, although there were a few other um, children who grew up with me that were uh, sons and daughters of staff members. And to this day, some of them still remain as friends. But it was like I had this carousel of friends and uh, connections and relationships that just cycled through uh, year after year. So there was a little bit of stability going to a private Christian school, although it was about a 40-minute drive from where we lived. And the fact that I had the same people that I was able to see each day that I went to school. But I didn't fit in with them. I wasn't part of their crowd. I didn't live on that part of town. Uh, In fact, living in the south part of Dallas, it was a very poor area. And so even the culture and the dynamics of family and everything were so different from those students who I went to high school with. Graduating in 1998 uh, at Shady Grove, some of you may know that uh, many of the leaders of Shady Grove ultimately became the founders and leaders, and some now today are even the pastors of the very large church, Gateway Church, in South Lake, Texas. At the time, Robert Morris was an elder at Shady Grove. And being an elder, along with a few other men, uh, they always offered a prophetic presbytery for the graduating seniors. I didn't know what to expect. I'd grown up in an environment that was Pentecostal or charismatic and was exposed to the prophetic. I myself had already prophesied and experienced signs and wonders and miracles. But going to sit down in front of a group of men and have them lay hands on me and pray for me and prophesy over me, men who I'd never met or didn't even know who they were, uh, was a new experience. And there was a prophetic word that was given to me specifically by Robert Morris, who was an elder at that time. And uh, it was a powerful prophetic word. It talked about nations, talking about influencing leaders. And uh, many of the things uh, that were just really at that time beyond my imagination. See, at that time, my plan was to 
finished school, which this presbytery was happening the last week or two of my uh, senior year, and then to go to a uh, school like Southern Methodist University or Vanderbilt or some others on which I actually had been given academic scholarship to pursue a master's in clinical psychology. My goal is to uh, help people through psychology and counseling to make a lot of money and then do ministry on the side. Little did I know that God had other plans for me. It didn't come to my attention that I should have had a little bit of a clue when I received this prophetic word from Robert Morris. But once he gave me that word, I continued on my way and over the summer pursued uh, enrolling into different schools. I was accepted into multiple schools, but uh, went through the enrollment process and found that uh, I was not really uh, in the midst of God's will. Now, uh, I'm not going to discuss perfect or preferred will of God today in this particular session, but I really want to discuss with you the pursuit of a promise. Now, God seeded a promise in my life uh, before I turned 18. I was 17 when I received that prophetic word. Quickly, I forgot about it. As the summer concluded, I found through a bit of wrestling with God, and after enrolling in a, in a local university, that I still wasn't doing what God wanted me to do. I, I wasn't in the right place. And through a, just a few minutes of prayer, I finally surrendered to God and said, what do you want from me? And he directed me to go to Christ for the Nations Institute. This was the last thing that I wanted to do. However, I went there and my life was totally, radically transformed. I'd grown up on campus there, so I wasn't really sure what to expect that God would do for me or in me just by going to classes, although I'd been part of that campus for about a decade. But during my very first semester, some crazy, wonderful things happened. I received my call to missions. The Lord catapulted me into prophetic ministry. I met my now wife, and I met some of my closest friends who I've been so blessed to run with and to do missions and ministry with for the last uh, 23 years. Little did I know that a seed of a promise was something that I would then not only have to embrace, but then I would have to pursue. So what does it look like to pursue a promise? A pursuit is really an action. It's an activity. And you could think of it as the great chase. You could think of a cartoon or, or one of your favorite movies. There's almost always a pursuit, whether it's a car chase, a uh, cop chasing a bad guy, or a love story in which a man is pursuing the love of his life. There's always pursuit. But pursuit is not idle. It's not sitting back and watching things go by. It is an action. It is an activity. There's momentum. There is movement that takes place in pursuit. And so what I want to challenge you today is how do you pursue the things of God that he has promised to you? To pursue something, you need to be persistent and passionate. Now, forgive my alliteration of using only P's, 
But to pursue something, you must have passion and persistence. And if you don't have those things, then you will not acquire or attain the goal that which you are pursuing. Now, when God gives you a promise, it isn't for us just to sit back and relax. We shouldn't just put it on a shelf and dust it off every once in a while. But it should require us to take action. Now think about the children of Israel as they were given a promise to enter the promised land. It required action on their part. They couldn't just sit back and the Lord bring the promised land to them. They first had to be delivered from their Egypt. Then they had to take a long journey into the place where they were presented with an opportunity to walk into the promised land. Unfortunately, they didn't make the right decisions. They listened to some murmuring, some complaining, some lies, some doubt, some disappointment. And it was all in all very discouraging. And because of that, an entire generation of Israel had to die before the promised land was then made available again. Joshua and Caleb, those men of faith, were able to step into the promised land because of the faith that they had in God. They remembered the promise and they decided and made a decision, not just in their mind, but in their heart, to pursue the things that God had promised them, knowing that God was faithful and true to his word. When we don't pursue the things that God has presented to us, it makes me wonder, have we decided that God is not faithful? Have we decided that our doubt, our discouragement, our lack of faith is bigger than God's faithfulness? Maybe we haven't made that decision in our mind consciously, but perhaps just because of our action or our inaction, we've made that as a faith declaration over our own lives. We say, well, I'm not ready. I'm not good enough. God hasn't given me enough provision and financial resources to take this next step. Never has it been an opportunity or a question or or just really an issue of financial resources, time resources, or supernatural resources for us to obey God. Obedience really is just us saying yes to God and then moving forward and taking that next step. In order for us to pursue those promises of God, we must take action. So how do we take action? Action doesn't necessarily mean that you have to immediately begin to do the thing that you believe God has promised to you. But you can first begin in prayer. Prayer should precede any kind of activity, action, or a step of faith. A lot of times the Lord will give us a promise that he wants us to pray into. Now this is a term that is common amongst Pentecostals or Charismatics, but maybe not so much in other evangelical uh, sections of the body of Christ. But in order to pray into something means that you keep it at the forefront of your mind. It's at the top of your prayer list. It's something that you constantly go to the Lord and you present that to him and you ask him for insight, direction, wisdom. And when you should take an actual step of faith and actually do something. On the campus of Christ for the Nations, there was several buildings and I think those buildings are still there, that provide housing for graduates or alumni. And often I would find that there were people who were living in those apartments that had been there for many, many years. 
I used those apartments for about a year and a half. My wife and I lived there while we were building a house on the other side of Dallas in the suburb of Rockwall. But there were so many people that were living in these alumni housing units who were just waiting on God. Now, if you could see my hands, I would have thrown up some air quotes just to indicate that these people were waiting on God. In fact, they went to school many years before and then went over to alumni housing because it was comfortable and would constantly blame God or themselves to some degree for not hearing him and not knowing what to do next. So they became stagnant. They sat on their behind and no activity, no fruitfulness really was taking place. Does that mean that they were not faithful in their uh, life as a believer or their reading or their uh, disciplined life as a follower of Christ? No, not necessarily. But it did mean that they went to a Bible school for a purpose, likely to become a pastor, a worship leader, a children's minister, or even a missionary or an evangelist. But since they didn't get a clear direction from God, or so they say, they went over to alumni housing and now they are waiting on God in order to determine what their next steps are to be. Some of those people are still there today. I graduated more than 20 years ago and uh, there's times where I visit the campus and I see those same people still there waiting on God. Now let me ask you, are you waiting on God? Are you waiting for him to show you some kind of a special formation of clouds in the sky or something that would indicate that, hey, it's time to get off your rear end and get into action? Have you really been pursuing him in prayer, seeking his face and direction so that you know it's time to step in to the promised land? A lot of times we find that we start off right. We are praying, we are pursuing, even if we aren't necessarily moving forward, but we end up putting that promise on a shelf never to be revisited again. So as we look at entering a new season of 2022, it should be worth our notice or our intention to not necessarily think about a New Year's resolution or a new health program, although those things are fine and they're good, but what are the promises that we have received from the Lord that we've put up on the shelf and we haven't revisited in a long time? What are the things that God has told you in your quiet times? What are the things that the Lord birthed in your heart as a younger person that you have yet to accomplish and maybe you have yet to even pursue? What are the things that you would love to be able to look back on your life when you've reached the end of your days and say, Wow, I am so glad I took that risk and I decided to do something bold and great for God. If there's things that you can think of just as you're listening to my voice, or maybe in your prayer time the Lord will recall those things to your memory, it is now the time to dust those off and to begin to pursue them first in prayer and then in steps of faith and obedient action. I recall a dinner that I had with uh, my fiance's parents before Anna and I were married. Uh, she took me to visit her family in the state of Oregon, and we went to a nice steakhouse uh, with her parents, and 
they had met me just uh, the day before. It was my first time being introduced to her family as a potential future son-in-law. And I remember her father asking me all those questions that a good father should ask about what are your plans for the future? How do you intend to provide for yourself? What are your dreams? What has God spoken to you? What kind of promises has he given to you about your future? And I remember sharing with him things about missions, about ministry. And one of those things particularly was I felt that the Lord had told me that I would write books. And uh, I haven't written any books at this point. I have three books that I have started working on and I've made some progress, but I've yet to complete one of them. And I'm speaking about right now, today, at the end of 2021. I've written many things. I, I guess I have written a book. I wrote a book on church planting and written many other resources for ministry, but I've not yet completed a regular book, whether it's a, a fiction or nonfiction, of which I've started writing both, but I've not completed those things yet. I also began working on a doctorate earlier this year and look forward to completing that degree in the next year to two years as time and energy allows. I was thinking about this conversation I had with Jeff and Lena Hendricks and sharing with them my dreams to not only do ministry, but also to write books and to go on and pursue a doctorate. And at that time, I was still in my second semester of an Associates of Theology. And now I can really rejoice as I've seen over the last uh, 23 years how the Lord has given me opportunity to pursue those things. And yet not all of them are complete, but there is action that is taking place on each one of those. Maybe for you, you can think about a time where you had a conversation, you had a dream. Maybe there was just something that you wrote down in your journal one day after prayer. And the Lord is saying, now's the time. It's time to pursue the promise of God. And that is going to require persistence. It's going to require dedication. And it's going to require passion. As we begin into a new year, no matter when you're listening to this particular podcast, when you begin in a new season focused on the things that God has promised to you, whether it's one thing or many things, just remember, the enemy is going to do his very best to distract you and to take away the time that it takes to pursue those things. Whether that's a new degree, whether it's for you to write a book, to go on a mission trip, to travel somewhere, to do something with your family that you've never done before, to take up a new hobby, whatever that may be, the enemy will try to distract you and to steal the time required for you to pursue that dream. God's promises always require persistence. I'm reminded of the verse where it says the kingdom of God is taken by the violent, taken by the forceful. And uh, I know that's a, a butchered paraphrase, but really, as you look uh, at that particular passage, it's talking about a, a focused dedication, a, a pursuit for the things of God that cannot be dissuaded. 
And as you go after those things of God, you go after the things that are born and birthed in the kingdom of God, you cannot allow anything to hold you back, to distract you, to pull you away. You're only going to get there by force. You're only going to get there by a, a righteous violence where you do everything you can to accomplish that goal. Passion is one more thing that we should mention. When you find these promises from God, sometimes you think, wow, that seems really out of my reach. It seems something that's not really in my wheelhouse or in the scope of my life. But when you turn your attention to it, then you will find that the Lord will give you a new passion. He'll give you a passion to pursue it. And this passion is something that will help drive you towards success. I know this may sound a bit like a self-help kind of podcast right now, but I'm just speaking from my own experience. I remember in 2014, uh, I looked in the mirror. Of course, I looked in the mirror every day, but I found that I was disgusting. I was severely overweight and I was no longer happy with myself. And I had to do something to change my life to get back into a place where I was not only confident and healthy, but I could really do the things that the Lord put in my heart. I felt like the Lord told me that he would help me if I would pursue him and pursue my goal of getting healthy. I felt like the Lord gave me this special grace because there was a momentum needed to propel me into a new season of life. Without that momentum and that confidence, I wouldn't be able to do the things that he wanted me to do. Does that mean we all need supernatural grace or anointing to pursue a healthier lifestyle? Well, not necessarily, but I really did feel like the Lord gave me an opportunity. And I remember driving home one day and it's like he said, if you will take this time and really dedicate yourself on becoming healthy, I will help you. I will give you the momentum that you need and I will help you with the discipline. I have found that since that time in 2014, although I have not maintained the entire weight loss and the health that I achieved within that 18 months following, that with a little bit of focus and discipline, the Lord is always helping me. And I was able to see through that particular season of getting healthy and losing weight that I was able to pursue things. I was able to become passionate about becoming healthy. I was able to become passionate about the things of God like I'd never been before. And in that season, I really learned that my confidence, my momentum, although it is fueled by the Holy Spirit, it is something that I can initiate on my own. So for you, the reason why I'm sharing this is that you, you can light a flame inside of yourself today. Allow the Holy Spirit to fan that flame as you pursue the passion that he has given you. As you pursue those goals, as you enter into 2022, as you pursue the things that he would intend for you, look on the shelf of your life. Consider the promises that the Lord has given to you that you have not looked at or even remembered in a long time. Do what David did. Ask the Holy Spirit to search you. Not only to search you and convict you of sin, righteousness, and so forth, but search you for lost and abandoned and forgotten 
promises. Ask the Holy Spirit to remind you of those things. Then seek forgiveness for ignoring them. I had to ask the Lord to forgive me for not pursuing the things that he had seeded in my life. I didn't water those seeds, so they never bore fruit. Now for you, would you find those seeds, those promises, the things that God has put into you? Maybe it's been long ago. Start watering them with prayer and then see what God will do through you. This is a new season. We've entered into a time that is precarious. It's difficult. It's complicated. And now more than ever, not only do we need to pursue God, but we need to pursue the things that he has commissioned us to do. He has called you for such a time as this. And if we do not pursue those things, then we are forfeiting our purpose in life. Don't forfeit your purpose. Don't give up on the dreams. Don't give up on the promises of God, but allow him to move through you during this wonderful, exciting, and strange season. Politics, pandemics, governments, restrictions, all of these things may seem like speed bumps or obstacles. But with the Holy Spirit, with the strength of the living God, we can still do the things that he has called us to do. So don't allow those things to distract you any longer. Now is the time to pursue the promises of God like never before. I hope that you will grab onto these truths, dig into the word of God as we enter into this new year and this new season, and allow the Holy Spirit to birth in you those things that he has made you specifically to do and the designs, the plans, and the goals that he has seated in your heart. I pray that you will start seeing those things come to pass. May the Lord bless you. Thank you for listening to the Joshua Nation's Inheritance Podcast. We hope you are encouraged and challenged with today's message. For more from Joshua Nations, visit our website, joshuanations.org. Thank you.